Welcome everybody. Thanks for listening. What's up? We're here. We're ready to chat about smart things, probably, hopefully. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. It is a rainy, rainy day here in San Diego, which yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but I did get some steps in earlier this morning on my new yes. walking pad. So that was fun. Yeah. Do you think, do you feel like our chats on the podcast inspired you to do that? Or were you already like planning to get a walking pad? So I like have put it off for so long because for me, it's like, if I'm going to go walk, I want to go walk in the sunshine and get vitamin D and, you know, walk Lilo and all that stuff. Um, so that's why I put it off. But actually it's, I, I bought it for Alex for busy mm. season because, mm. Um, it's like a time where, and especially right now too, we do have some rainy seasons in San Diego. So like we have rain for the next week and I'm like, I don't want to walk in that. Like I could, but yeah, not fun. Um, so just kind of pulled the trigger, found one, you know, on Amazon. Brie actually, uh, recommended the one I had her tested out first and then, um, and then I, I got it and it's been, it's been cool the last few days. Um, but the one thing I want to ask you too, though, you track your, like when you walk, do you track your steps or you just kind of walk and you're like, I'm getting moving? Generally. I mean, I'm obviously not tracking it super closely because like, I'm not, I'm not tracking my steps when I'm on the walking pad. I'm not tracking all of my steps. Like if I go for like a nice long walk, I'll bring my phone, which is going to track my steps. So I have like a very ballpark gist of how much I walk on a day-to-day basis, but I'm not like super close tracking it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, that's totally fine. You know me, obviously I love data. So like, I'm just gonna, any data I can gather, I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but with a walking pad, and this is a tip for any listeners who have a walking pad when you're walking and you're, you know, on your, uh, your desk or whatever, like if you're typing away and working your, your steps aren't being tracked because you're not moving your hand, right? If you have an Apple watch or even an aura ring, I I will say the aura ring will pick up a little bit more because of motion. Um, but what I got, and again, this is another recommendation from Bree. So shout out to her. Um, if you have an Apple watch or any type of watch, they have like these elastic bands and they're like, I think I got a 10 pack on Amazon for $10. Um, and it just easily like can get bigger. And so then I just like slip this around my ankle Hmm. and you put it on your ankle and it tracks all your steps because obviously your foot's moving, but when you're typing your, or when you're working, your arm's not moving. Mm-hmm. So just a little quick tip for anybody who wants to track their steps and they have a walking pad, get yourself one of these, or you can get like a cheap pedometer on Amazon yeah. for like $10 and you just clip it on your shirt or your pants or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, I would say like just kind of circling back on somebody who messaged us, um, sent us an email and was like, so are you trying the walking pad? What do you think? Is it worth it? My feeling is, you know, we can say all day long that it's better to walk outside and that's true. And we can also say, if you really value being outdoors, you can walk in the rain, you can walk in the snow, you can do all these things. And that's all true. However, mm-hmm. it's 
that's not going to happen sometimes. And some people are more weather averse than others. And some people just have busy days and some people spend lots of time at their desk and there's nothing they can yep. really do about that. So if that's the case for you, and it's the difference between I am not going to walk outside today and thus I'm not going to walk. And you have the ability to spend a few hundred bucks on this thing. I think it's a good investment. I don't think it should replace real movement and exercise. And for most people who are keen enough to buy one of these, it's not going to replace real exercise. You're always going to like be outside and walking mm -hmm. a lot. I'm always going to try to be outside first and foremost, but I will say the last few weeks that I've had it, when I use it, it's on days that I know I'm not really getting outside, which sucks. And it does improve my mood. And there is something to be mm -hmm. said for, like, I'm not power walking on this thing. I'm a fast walker in real life. I'm very like, it's very New Yorker of me. But when I'm on the, the thing, I'm not walking quickly because I'm not trying to like get seasick and like knock over my laptop yeah. while I'm working. I'm, wa I'm walking very slowly. But even just that little bit of movement in your body, I feel like it helps me concentrate. I'm just like, it's mm -hmm. like putting me in a zone to work a little bit better, you know, like a little bit more Absolutely. focused, which I really like. So I think that, again, this isn't, we are not fans of telling people like, you need this latest supplement or you need this latest tool to be fit. You do not need this, but if you're interested, if you can afford it, if you think it will help you get more movement in, I, I, am, I don't regret spending the money on it. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. And there is science. Absolutely. Um, we're not just, you know, talking anecdote here, but there's science mm -hmm. behind when you're moving and you're getting blood flow, that blood flow to your brain helps you to concentrate better, helps you to kind of give you a little boost there. And so I think I, I posted this like a few days ago on Instagram. Like if you get that afternoon slump, right. And you're like, oh my God, it's like three o'clock. I have a few, like a few hours left to work. It's the perfect time mm -hmm. to take out the walking pad because, you know, instead of, going for that extra cup of coffee, which then maybe keeps you up at night, you're actually doing something that's more productive and getting, um, and be more productive from a mental standpoint too. So yep. huge, huge win there. And mine, I mean, I don't know how much was yours. Mine was 150 bucks on Amazon and it's like super compact. It goes up to four miles per hour, which I tested it out, of course. And that's like basically like I'm on like a slight jog mm -hmm. on the four miles per hour, which I'm not doing. But if I wanted to, I could. Yeah. Um, like I could just, you know, bring it out now and put on four miles and start jogging while we're recording. You wouldn't mind, right? I would. I would not mind. Actually, I would enjoy <laughs> watching that. Uh, mine was more expensive. I didn't get like a top, top of the line one, but I think everything's more expensive in Canada, even though I ordered it through like Canadian Amazon, but mine ended up being like just under 300, probably, mm -hmm. I don't know, something in the mid two. but like, if you, if you go on Amazon, you can probably find, depending on where you are, one that's anywhere from like around 150 to like all the way up to like 500, depending yeah. on how fancy you want to get nice middle of the road probably works fine. Um, and it's not yeah. too loud. And anyway. Yeah, mine's super quiet. We'll link ours. Yeah, we can both put our links yeah. um, for the ones that we have just because I know there's so many out there and people are always asking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we should do that for sure. All right, cool. So that's that's wrapped up. Um, another experiment that we've been working on that we should talk about and mm. this relates to one of our sponsors is some continuous glucose monitoring that the two of us have been playing with over the last couple of weeks. And so let's maybe just Debrief. Yep. There's hers. If you're watching this on YouTube, mine is also here. You can see this little lump. It has been annoying. I will say explaining this to people <laughs> because all of my friends who are not like health and fitness nerds, every time I see them, they're like, what is happening on your arm? Do you have diabetes? What is going on? Yeah. And I'm just like, 
It's an experiment, uh, but I don't want to, you know, rehash it. So let's talk about it here. Um, for anybody who hasn't done this before, I guess this is something you have done before. You've, you've played with CGMs before, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually used NutriSense like when it first came out, mm -hmm. when they first got popular uh, a few years ago. I don't remember exactly mm -hmm. when. Um, and it was just, again, just for experiment purposes. I've had clients yeah. ask about it um, and clients used it uh, before. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. that's, you know, kind of where I was. And then, of course, because and we could talk a little bit about NutriSense um, and our sponsorship with them. Yeah. Um, but of course, we both wanted to kind of try it out and um, mm -hmm. get some data. And that's really like how I look at it. It's not necessarily um, I don't use it to like dictate what f exact foods I eat and things like that. I use it mm -hmm. to gather data, you know, more so from like a, a higher point view, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'll just mention this, too. I think some people get a little confused um, and they look at like single points in time and yes, that's in yeah. like, you can look at that and at, you know, if you're curious, like, oh, I just ate a box of donuts. I want to see what happens. Right. Um, but for me, it's kind of looking at it like, oh, I just did, you know, a really heavy uh, set of squats to failure. What did my glucose do? And mm. just curious about those things. And then also it's cool with NutriSense, like it shows you your trends over time. So for like a two week period, where do you, what's like your score or whatever? And like, where do you fall within that? And is there anything that, you know, you can um, start to pay attention to a little bit more? Um, certain things with like in sleep, right? If your glucose is dipping during sleep, that can affect waking up. And is there things that you can do to kind of combat that? Um, and it's really cool because they have the dietitians, nutritionists on staff that you can literally just message with and ask them mm -hmm. questions directly. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, and just to kind of back up a little bit for people listening, the the NutriSense is a is a resource and an app that allows you mm -hmm. to kind of see the the blood glucose trends based on the CGM, the continuous glucose monitor that you put onto your arm. So that is is like unbranded. You just buy a CGM, or I, I think you you get them through the subscription with NutriSense. Mm -hmm. But the the real sort of value is this app, the subscription based app that you go on and you can put your workouts in, you can put everything that you eat. Um, and it's a really like sophisticated and easy to use app, which I really liked. Cause I'm like, again, I kind of am like a little bit over the um, tracking my food thing. So doing this experiment, I was like, here we go again. I got to put my food in, but like, it's, it's really like the app is nice. Like it's not a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, what it does is it kind of allows you, like Rachel said, to kind of see these trends and see how different things are impacting you. And they also have these nutritionists and, um, experts on like within the app that will literally reach out to you and say like, Hey, how's it going? Like I saw this, this trending thing, or this thing happened a couple of days ago. And here's like a little bit of advice. Like there's some support there too. So that if you are kind of wondering what's going on, um, what these, what this information, what this data means, um, they can help provide you with that. They've got a really, uh, extensive sort of blog and website that kind of gives you all the step by step information of like, what is a CGM? How do you use it? Mm. What do you, what is this information? What is this, you know, telling me? How can I use this to my benefit if I want to? Um, so that's really sort of what, why NutriSense is kind of different. Um, some of the things that I thought were interesting, because I did this over the last two weeks, um, what I really thought was interesting was how stress can impact your blood glucose response. 
And also to your point about the like workout, how exercise can impact your blood glucose, which it just shows again how nuanced and complex health and these biomarkers can be. And I, I don't want people listening to get like super negative or bogged down with this. Like maybe look at it more like, a, oh, isn't this interesting? Don't Don't get too freaked out here. But, you know, we tend to think of blood glucose spike as bad, right? You ate something maybe that was like a lot of carbs or you knew was junk, junk food, your blood glucose spikes. You're like, that's not good. I want to avoid that. I go work out, my blood glucose spikes. That apparently is not a bad thing <laughs> and is a good, it's a, it's a response that your body is doing appropriately to make use of that, that glucose in your body to help you fuel this workout. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, so some is bad and some is good and it's all dependent. It depends on how often. It also depends on how quickly you're your blood glucose mm -hmm. goes back down and all of these things. Um, but you know, one of my training runs for the, the 10 K that I did, uh, it spiked it up, like redlined me, like it went high and I was like, I, yeah. don't, I don't like that. So what exercise is bad now? <laughs> like, should I yeah. not be working out too hard? But, but again, it's all about context. Like you said, you get to see sort of, uh, trends over time. And we have, did you get two CGMs? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you can like take this one off. They usually only last about two weeks and you put another one in. Cause I would say like, probably you're going to want a few, if you're going to do this, you're, yeah. you're going to want more than two weeks of data. Mm -hmm. Um, and another example was one day I, um, I had this protein bar that I, I like protein bars. We've talked about this. Like some people are like all protein bars are disgusting and taste like fake sugar. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm a meathead. Like I love protein bars. Some are grosser than others, but some it's like, it's a glorified candy bar, but it has 20 grams mm -hmm. of protein. It's better than a candy bar. It has 20 grams of protein. Right? So anyway, this protein bar that I really like had it, it spiked my blood glucose. And I was like, dude, that sucks. Like that kind of makes me not want to eat this anymore. Like I, I was surprised by that response. And the next day, because I had another one, of course, <laughs> I had another one and it didn't do it. It didn't do it. And so I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? And then I realized that the first day I kind of had like a stressful day. I was like, I had like a lot of work. There was like a lot going on and I, I could just feel, cause if you're in tune with your body, like that day, I was just a little bit, I was a little bit like jittery, kind of anxious, like sort of on high alert a little bit. My cortisol was probably high and I'm just assuming I'd have to maybe eat this protein bar 10 days in a row to really know, but I'm assuming that it, it may have had something to do with mm -hmm. how all of that was mixing together. I was already kind of stressed. Maybe I was a little bit more sensitive. Um, and the next day when things were kind of chill and, and it also could be the other things I was eating. Maybe I was just higher protein and lower carb that, that second yeah. day, you know? Um, but these are the kind of things that if you like to nerd out, if you like to really dive in and see how your body's reacting to things, you can, you can answer these questions or start to answer these questions. If you like from a more analytical, um, perspective than just sort of guessing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. it was an, it yeah. was an interesting experiment. Yeah, for sure. And that's super, I mean, again, it's like gathering the data, looking at it in the context of your personal life. It's not like, oh, you ate a sweet potato and your blood sugar spiked. Now you should never eat a sweet potato. Like, absolutely. Right. No, that's not right. what we're, we're talking about here. But I, there was an, and I'll just say a quick thing. Like, um, everybody worries about the spikes up, right? They're like, oh, I don't want it to spike too high. But that's not the only thing we're looking at, too. Like you mentioned before, it's like, is it dipping too low? And that's something to even think about, like with workouts or like looking at your um, paying attention to like your hunger and your cravings and things like that. Like I know one time I it was like right before workout, I was just kind of feeling like not 
amazing, like a little lightheaded. I was like, oh, I'm just going to like quickly scan and see where I'm at. And like my blood sugar was pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if it was because of um, I was also coming off of just being sick for a while. And so like that all had to play into it, too. And um, I was just like curious. So I checked it and it lined up. But then, you know, there's other times when maybe it doesn't. So it's like all just kind of like gathering the data. And I do think, like you said, probably more than two weeks um, just to kind of see those trends. And again, what's cool about the app is that, I mean, I don't enter my food or anything on the app. I literally just use it to scan and like look at the trends. Um, But there is all of that that you can enter in. And it also pulls it like from your Um, because I have an Apple Watch. So the Apple Health, it'll pull that data in if you did a workout or whatever it may be, um, which is cool. And then again, just like being able to chat and ask people questions like whenever you have them, um, I think is cool. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I completely forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, did you did you calibrate your blood glucose? Because it says you can calibrate Like it says if you if you're, you know, testing your stuff or whatever and something seems off like if it just seems like your blood sugar is super high or super low and it's not accurate you can do like a different like you know maybe like a finger prick test or something different uh-huh. to like check and see basically as like a second opinion and based on what that gives you you can kind of like recalibrate did you do any of that or you just kind of went based I on- didn't okay um yeah I didn't because I didn't have anything that was like a red flag yeah. um yeah. over a few the few, first few days but I will say like and again this is what the educate you on too like taking a fingerprint prick blood glucose and your cgm there's always going to be a slight variance um just because i don't know the exact mechanism but basically the fingerprint finger prick result um is instant and the cgm is like a little bit uh it's like cycled through basically if that's the easiest way to say it so the numbers like if you are doing this then if you're like oh they're not exactly the same and you did them within like five seconds of each other it there it's normal for there to be a little bit of a discrepancy but again someone will you know explain that to you too as well and i think it's like again you'd probably only do the the calibration if you're getting data that seems really off to you and it's more just like do you do the finger prick and is it way off from what the cgm is telling Mm -hmm. you or is it just like a little bit it's kind of you know reiterating what it's already telling you anyway it's all very interesting but i think what how we can kind of close this conversation right now is now that people know that we're kind of playing with this send us your questions about CGMs in general, about testing blood sugar, about the NutriSense sort of app, anything you want us to test or experiment with. I will say on my birthday, I did not, (laughs) I did not um, check my blood sugar because I ate a ton of donuts. And I I just looking forward to that. I know. But you know, there was a part of me that was like, this will be kind of fun. It'll be informational. And I was like, you know what? It's my effing birthday. And I don't want, I don't want to do this to myself. It would be like weighing yourself on your birthday. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Okay. I already ran a 10 K in the snow. I've already worked hard enough. Like it would probably would have been a mess between the like freezing cold 10 K and then a bunch of donuts. Like my blood sugar was probably all over the place. And I was just like, I don't want anything that's going to like dampen my day at all. So, and I'm an adult, so yeah. I don't have to do this. But anyway, so I don't know what the I would have like to tried me. to like spike it as high as possible. Just well, I fun. did. I just and didn't see, and like it. be happy about it because I'm like, I just ate all these donuts and hell yeah, I just spiked this, yeah. but that's not what you do every single day. But like, it's true. It's interesting to see. And then of course, like, yeah, I, 
you know, looking at the next few days after, like, is there anything that came from it or not? Well, or, or did you did you get right back into it the next day? That ship um, is in sales. terms of like normal. Yeah. That ship well, is maybe sales. I'll have to do it. <laughs> yeah. May, listen, if if people write in and say we want you guys to eat like one meal of something that you love that you think is probably going to be bad and see what happens, we'll do it. But you have to you have to engage with us and tell us what you want because this is the opportunity. Like while these guys are um, giving us this this um, access to their app and while we're kind of playing around in, in the experimentation phase, we want to hear what you guys want to know, um, what you think is worth learning about. So send us your questions and thoughts and comments and whatever you want to muscleScienceforwomen mm -hmm. at gmail.com. It's the number four. And just tell us what you want to hear. And in the meantime, if you are interested in NutriSense, I'm sure you've probably heard of it before. If you want to give it a shot, I mean, there's really no harm in doing it. If you like to learn about your, yourself and your body, you are going to learn some stuff. Um, so you can check it out. And we have a discount for you. Um, the promo code is MSW, of course. And you're going to get $30 off your first month subscription with the app, which includes two CGM sensors with free shipping and a month of professional nutritionist support. So that's like a decent, a decent little one month kind of gift for yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, we also have a link you can just go directly to, um, in our show notes, it's nutrisenseio.com forward slash MSW, but that'll be in the show notes. You can just go right from there and sign up if you want. Um, and if you do, we'd love to hear, like, see what you're experimenting with and see what you're doing. Because, again, this is all kind of extra fun stuff. Nobody needs to do this stuff. I mean, some people maybe do need to do it. But the vast majority of us, we just like to learn and experiment. And everything that you get out of this stuff is just sort of more resources yeah. to help you help you be healthier. Right. So, yeah. And especially if you are like someone who is maybe pre-diabetic or like you've had elevated blood sugar, like when mm -hmm. you go to your doctor's visits and things like that, then this definitely is something that could give you a lot of insights and for yep. sure help with that. So, yep. And it's cool. Like this has something to do with some of our other sponsors too, but like, it's cool to have these resources that help you sort of take your own health into your own hands, right? Like we're not saying stop going to a doctor, stop listening to trained professionals, but mm -hmm. it's nice to have additional support and additional ways for you to kind of figure things out on your own, because sometimes we don't have the professional resources that we'd like. And sometimes, sometimes doctors don't, aren't helpful. And so it's nice to just have some of these other kind of avenues for like learning and, and getting healthier. Right? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Okay. So sort of on this topic, this is a good segue since we're talking about food and things that may or may not be good for us as individuals. Here is a question that we got in our email from Mary. And she asks, this is a, this is actually a good question that we haven't gotten before. I think this could be kind of a cool yeah, conversation. I if I personally don't seem to have an intolerance to a food such as gluten or conventional dairy, are those foods still inflammatory for me? I've not undergone a period where I cut them out and then reintroduce them. I'm just going based on how I feel when I eat them. So she's saying she has 2% milk in her coffee. She puts cheese in her scrambled eggs, Greek yogurt. Um, she sometimes has whole grain pasta or bread. I mean, a lot of this sounds like my diet too, and I'm in a very <laughs> similar situation. I also eat a good variety of protein, fruits, and vegetables. If foods are inflammatory and I don't get any physical adverse reactions that I can see, uh, when I eat them, how do I know they're inflammatory? Are they inflammatory for everyone or just people who have an intolerance? 
Good question. Good um, question, Mary. Thoughts? Yeah. So my thoughts are, I would say that um, there is and has been a lot of fear mongering around certain types of food being inflammatory. And I think, I mean, the simplest response to this question is like, if you are not feeling or seeing or over time have had any adverse effects to these foods and, you know, again, adverse effects being energy dips, digestion issues, you know, certain things that are showing up, you know, if you've done, uh, and this is another thing, we don't have to go into this, but food sensitivity tests, a lot of those are just complete BS. Um, so that's another thing you want to be very, very careful of. Don't be, you know, getting those food sensitivity tests that you see maybe the ad on your Instagram and, you know, do a quick blood prick sample. Honestly, that's just a waste of your time. Um, there is a gold standard food sensitivity test. I believe it's called the MRT. Is that, do you know that one? MRT test. Um, I don't know. We can put some info in, in the description, but basically that is like the gold standard. And um, if you do have sensitivity or not sensitivities, if you do have, um, oh my gosh, what's the other word of sensitivities? I'm having a brain fart. Intolerances. Uh, intolerance, because they're, it's yeah. a little bit different. Like sensitivity versus intolerance, there's a little bit of a difference there. But if you have an intolerance towards a certain type of food, like it will potentially show up on that. But again, taking that within context of everything else and knowing how to read that test and all of that um, is important. But bottom line is if you are not having any issues, just because you may have heard, you know, maybe on someone's podcast or on a commercial that yogurt or cheese is inflammatory, I would say BS <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because certain foods can't, in my eyes, can't be inflammatory. It's again, how that specific person reacts um, to that food and their response to that, which may be an inflammatory response, but the food itself is not inflammatory. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I would say I, I agree with most of what you're saying, and I, I'm also doing some research, like some specific research recently, so this is very top of mind around food allergies versus sensitivities, and I think it is worth noting because things get so muddled um, through the context of the media that we're absorbing information, and there is a very big difference between a sensitivity and an allergy. Like, yes. we don't talk about this anymore. Like people are all about their sensitivities and I'm sensitive to this and that. And I'm not trying to discount. If you feel like crap and you eat something, don't eat something. It's very mm -hmm. clear and very simple. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't matter if it's the healthiest food in the world. So respect that. But Absolutely. there's a very big difference between when I eat gluten, uh, you know, my digestion's kind of off and I feel kind of icky versus if someone ingests peanuts and they go into anaphylactic shock. That's the mm -hmm. difference between a sensitivity and an allergy. You are not allergic to something unless it is it is extremely impactful to the point of potentially life-threatening. That's what an allergy is. An insensitive or sensitivity or an intolerance is anything short of that where you just feel like crap, it you know, yeah. you break out, whatever, even getting like a rash or something. So actual allergies are much more rare and most people don't really have that to um, gluten and dairy, although some people do. Um, the one thing I would say just to play devil's advocate here a little bit, because again, I agree, like I, I crush dairy. I've always crushed dairy and I mm -hmm. live in a family of people who are gluten intolerant. So I think just some gene got passed along and I got lucky. Um, and I think there are a lot of people out there who are just fine with gluten. I actually also find, 
Um, you know, my only, the only impact I have for gluten personally is if I'm just eating a ton of things that have gluten, I might gain some weight because I'm eating a lot of carbs. <laughs> it doesn't impact my digestion or anything like that. It's just like, oh, if I'm eating bread all the time, I might get a little fluffy. But I actually find that a lot of gluten-free mixes impact my digestion more negatively than if I just ate the gluten, really. And I think there's a lot mm. of people who are like that. So these are things that are worth noting. But the one thing I'll say to Mary is um, if, you, if you eat these things and you're fine, Eat them and be fine and enjoy your dairy and your and your gluten. But you did say that you have never tested this theory by yeah. taking them out of your diet. So the one thing I would say is if you are interested in this, and you, you obviously have some interest because you reached out and, and asked us the question, um, some people don't know how something's impacting them until they cut it out. So you may think you feel great, and maybe you do, but if you cut both of these things out for a month and suddenly somehow you feel like you've dropped a pant size and you, your energy's even better and maybe your sleep is even better, like maybe, you don't know unless you've tried it. So I see no harm in cutting these things out if you want to as a little personal experiment for a month just cut it mm -hmm. all completely out. And then maybe you add just the one thing in, just the dairy for a bit, see how it goes. If that's all great, maybe add the gluten back in, see how it goes. And chances are you're gonna feel great both ways. Um, and then you know, but you don't know unless you try, right? So it's yeah. always worth kind of playing with these things, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, I think. And that's what I was having a brain fart on between intolerances, or sorry, sensitivities versus allergies. That's what mm -hmm. I was, thank you. you, you cleared it up for everybody. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And then there's also just the, you know, thinking about, um, even things like eggs, for example, like people can develop sensitivities if they are eating a certain food in a high quantity daily. Right. And so that's just because if you kind of think about it, like if you're doing something constantly, or there are some of these certain foods that maybe have more, uh, propensity to, cause, you know, if you're eating a lot of them every single day and they have some, um, uh, what's the word? Oh my gosh. Why am I brain farting so much today? <laughs> um, they have some compounds, I guess you could say in them that potentially, um, could stir up a bit more versus mm -hmm. like something else. Then maybe that's something to pay attention to too. So it's not only just like dairy gluten, there are some other foods that you could develop maybe some sensitivities to, um, and you're having some issues like bloating or digestion and you're trying to figure out what it is, think about like, oh, do I eat this thing every single day for, you know, months on end, years on end? Don't switch it up. Um, that could be something. But again, like I eat yogurt and cottage cheese every single morning for breakfast for the last year and I don't have any issues with that. Um, and I have tested taking them out for periods of time too um, and personally didn't notice like any difference there but I have also tested taking eggs out and for certain periods of time I have actually noticed a little bit of uh difference in terms of bloating and like some gas and things but then mm. uh later on bringing it back in and not having those things too so it's also can be like you know last year your uh digestion and even like bacteria in your gut can be completely different than what it is this year um, or over time and that changes too. So don't just like, you know, put something out and be like, oh, I can never have dairy again or I can never have gluten again. Things change. Yeah. Um, so be experimental and test and assess over time mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. what I would say. 
I live in constant fear that I will develop a sensitivity <sighs> to eggs because eggs are my life. Like I, yeah. the eggs are the perfect food. I eat them mm -hmm. every single morning for, for breakfast, sometimes later in the day too. And they're just so perfect and they're so delicious and I never get tired of them. And I, I really am afraid that someday my body's going to be like enough with the eggs already. And I'm going to be really, <laughs> really sad about it, but I'm sure I'll figure it out if that happens, but hopefully not. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so we're at about, you know, our time. Do you want to ask, do you mm -hmm. want to do one more question or do you want to wait till next time? Um, why don't we save it? Okay, next let's time. save it. Get people coming back. Leave Listen. them wanting more. Hey. Yeah. All right. Okay, great. Right. Well, um, that's awesome. Great chatting with awesome. you. Awesome. Catch cool. you on the flip side. <laughs> don't do stupid shit. Um, oh, wait, do you like my new sticker? I noticed that in your um, Instagram stories the other day. You got to send me a sticker so I can put it on one of my yeah. um, new stainless steel shaker cups that I got. Did you see that the other yes. day? Because I'm starting I, to like I get did. rid of I plastic did. crap. I'll, we'll put links to like all of this stuff in the um, yeah in the show notes. I bought but. this uh, water bottle. It's like one of the you know the hydro flasks, but yes. it's a knockoff. It was twelve dollars for a forty ounce stainless steel on in on Instagram on Instagram on Amazon. <laughs> Have you been following this like Stanley Cup chaos mess? Like, I've never getting a Stanley Cup. Ever, ever, no. ever. Even no. if I ever wanted one, which I never did, I uh, would definitely, I mean, no offense, guaranteed like the laws of, of averages say that a bunch of people listening to this have a Stanley Cup. Good for you if you like it. But like, holy moly, guys. Like, yeah, nothing against you. We're $50 on a cup that people are like fighting over in Target and stuff. Like, it's just wild. Like, like you can buy a stainless steel uh, drinking vessel for much cheaper mm -hmm. anywhere else. Okay. All right. No offense, yeah, cool. family, guys. All right. <laughs> Just had to get Don't that out of the system. Don't be insane. Don't do stupid shit. Don't buy a Stanley Cup. See you later. <laughs> Bye.